Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Up Your Brave show here with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on Reality Check Radio. And my next guest is a longtime friend and probably one of the most calm and grounded people I know. We're going to be talking to Brian Burneyman all about purposeful evolution in a chaotic world. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thank you, Nat, so much for having me. A pleasure to to be chatting with you again. Uh, as you're saying, like for a long time, being connected, and really looking forward to, to this conversation here. As always, every conversation with you is a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much, and I'm thrilled that we're able to. Uh, get some wisdom from you before you head away on your adventure. So for those of you that don't know Brian, Brian Burneyman is a beacon in the realm of conscious living, merging his foundational expertise in neuroscience with over 15 years of holistic wellness practice. Seamlessly blending ancient wisdom with modern science, Brian offers a unique perspective on well-being that resonates with audiences globally. As the co-founder of Conscious Action and You Being You, he has cemented his commitment to promoting intentional, heart-connected living. At the core of Brian's work is a passionate mission to guide individuals on their journey to a more mindful, balanced, and purpose-driven experience. Well, if there ever was a time for that, I think the time is now. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) So, Brian, I know that you've had, what is it, over 15 years in this area. Can you map out for our audience or just share a little window into your own journey that brought you here to this place where you're teaching things all about conscious action and you being you? Yes, definitely. You know, I always try to to go into looking back in my own experience. And one of the biggest things is the being super fortunate that my parents were interested in their own personal development when I was a little kid. So that that was able to to shape some of my understanding. Saying that, growing up, I had a typical life, you know, like growing up into sports, school, disconnected from my body, just, you know, completely absent of what was going on. And by the time that I was a teenager, I was super stressed out um, and that's when I started to actually go to these things that my parents were telling me, you know, inviting me to go to a meditation class or a yoga class or a sound healing or whatever it was. Um, and I was okay, like, yes, because I, I was not feeling really uh, that I had found my place. Yet I didn't know that at that moment. I thought that I knew what was going on. I thought that I was connected to my emotions and my feelings. And it wasn't until I started to actually practice that I realized how far that was from the reality. And I remember very vividly the first class that I did of this form of Tibetan yoga that is called Kumye. Uh, I went to that class and that was like a big change, a big turning point in my life. That gave me the realization of actually how my body felt, how feelings actually felt Mm. and not only that happened a couple of weeks after that uh, by this time i was 16 i was driving i had so much road rage (laughs) when i was driving and i was stuck in the traffic and everything that i realized that my normal way of behaving that was that just you know like swearing to people or just getting completely stressed out that wasn't happening i was starting to notice 
that there was a beginning of something taking place, but I was able to choose to feel what was going on, to use my connection with my breath and to be mindful so that I didn't get the same reaction. So I started to say like, oh, wow, this is actually working what I'm doing. And then with time, more and more on that, I started to develop more practices. I, I got introduced to different types of energy healings. And I was super into all of that. And at one point I finished my, I was studying at university two different bachelors and I finished one before the other. And then I decided that I wanted to do a postgrad. And the year before that was the first time that neuroscience became a thing <laughs> uh, that you could actually study it. And so I decided, okay, I'm just going to go and study neuroscience. And that gave me a lot of understanding on what is happening in, in the brain and how a lot of the experiences that I was practicing and I was experiencing were actually uh, part of what was going on in our minds and how could I communicate to people about that. And going forward a little bit, I moved uh, at one point to California, to a middle of the mountain, to a, a Buddhist retreat center. And I fully immersed myself in those teachings for two years, living completely, you know, in that space, in a community. And that really cemented a lot of the teachings and a lot of my own experiences into how they can actually be lived not only, you know, like one hour a day, but mm. actually the entire day. And, you know, moving forward, now it's been like 20 years of living in this part of this uh, journey on my path. And it has been amazing. And, you know, one of the things that I keep on seeing is how many layers there are, and how I keep on evolving every single time as I support others as well, but how I keep on evolving. And you have, I mean, you and I have known each other for many years and I think we're all evolving all the time. And I'm so thrilled to be talking about purposeful evolution with you. I have a question about your studies. When you were studying neuroscience or from what you've learned, it, what surprised you the most? What was something you didn't realize about the human brain or anything that you would love to share with us? Well, I, you know, I was really not into that world at all. I was less of a scientific mind and more of a, like, okay, I was super logical, but I didn't have any of the understanding. And what surprised me was that up until that moment, what I knew was that science was telling us that, you know, things are how they are. And, and it is as if the brain is set in its way and that's it. And what I learned about neuroplasticity mm -hmm. was the capacity that we have to actually create new neuropathways all of time, even up until the moment that we die, even if we are 100 years old, like we are, we can create new neuropathways. And one of the things that I remember my teacher sharing was, you know, kind of like this analogy with you have a pathway that you've been using as the main avenue but if you take a shortcut or if you you know like if you change your your path towards going somewhere that's the same in the brain and the thing with that is that the main avenue has a lot of fat and that is what makes the electricity in the brain actually move from neuron to neuron and to use that pathway and when we're able to create a new one we are going to inevitably 
show up on the other one as well. Like this is why creating changes sometimes it takes so many repetitions and so mm. many times uh, that we need to do it because it needs enough time so that the the electricity is not finding that fat that it's used to and it's trying to feed the other one. So a lot of times, you know, when someone is starting in their own process of a change, change of habit, change of behavior, whatever change it is, knowing that the way that they've been doing things, that's going to try it all of the time to actually get the, that behavior going back to it. So when we know, okay, like, not only I can change, but I need to make sure that I don't revert back, that I do create a, a pathway that's going to stick, then those two things for me were really, really beneficiary. And one of the things, just side note in there, when I was studying, I realized that everybody else that was studying there, they were sent by the big corporations to learn how the brain works mm -hmm. so that they could manipulate and sell more to people. Oh, okay. And that blew my mind as well. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, you can take knowledge and you can use it for <laughs> different things. And I think a lot of that's right. A lot of marketing has been used um, because they know what resonates with people or what triggers them to take action to whatever uh, purchase or whatever the intention may be. But I think obviously you're using it for good. Let's talk about purposeful evolution in a chaotic world. What do you mean by purposeful evolution and how can we create that if that's a thing in our own lives or to use that to help us navigate the chaotic world that we might be living in? Yes. So one of the, the biggest things is that, you know, we all experience this. We all know it now. This is a chaotic world. There's so much going on. That doesn't mean that things are random. That just means that there's chaos. Uh, I, I see it as an organized chaos that we aren't able to see, but still there's a lot of things going on. And most of us, we, we live in an autopilot. Like we live in a place that there's, you know, we are just going through life without really living life. Yes, we are alive, but we are not really living it. You know, like different or the majority of people, they go through studies and then work and then potentially, you know, like married and kids and a house and retirement. Like there's this pathway that is just blah, <laughs> like it's, it's very, you know, um, uneventful a lot of times and people are sleepwalking through it. Mm. And as well, because there's so much chaos, it's so easy for our mind to focus on things that really don't matter to us that, you know, like we are being pulled all of the time and our attention is being pulled to all directions. And when we are able to actually realize one, that we can be awakened, so there's no need to sleepwalk anymore, that we can move from choosing how we are wanting to, like from actually not choosing to choosing to take our power back, because that way of living is one that doesn't allow us to to live in a powerful space it allows us to live as a victim of circumstances which for most people it's a comfortable place to be you know like for everything it's like okay someone else is at fault i can blame and complain as much as i want because it's someone else's fault mm. instead of taking responsibility 
And when we take responsibility and when we're able to see how much we actually can impact the whole, and you know, a lot of times I talk about the whole, but the whole can be my family. It doesn't need to be the entire community, the entire country, or the entire universe. Like we can see whatever it is that we want to see the circle of ripple effect that we can have or the cycle that we can create in changes as something that is going to touch the lives of however many we touch. But when we're able to take responsibility and to know that we can change, as I mentioned before, we can create new neural pathways, we can change our energy, we can change from reacting to responding, then we can go purposefully in this path mm. of evolution. And in this path of evolution, what we discover is ourselves. We don't discover anything else than the truth of who we are and the power that we all hold. And when we're able to do that, then we start to understand much more the power of our presence, the power of connection, and that is connection with ourselves, with others, with our environments, we're able to understand how we can actually have a beneficial impact in that relationship and that interaction that we have. And therefore, we can create a different type of world. That doesn't negate that there is chaos going on in the world. That doesn't negate that there are things that, you know, like I would love for them not to be that way. But how much attention am I giving to those things? How much am I actually giving away my presence for others you know we all nowadays are so connected online to the internet and everything and it's wonderful it's an amazing technology now are we able to use that technology or is that technology using us these are things that when we're able to to become more present when we're able to become more connected when we're able to awaken and be more aware of things then we're able to choose how we want to live that doesn't mean that it's going to always be very easy. Uh, there's challenges in life, but we can live a much more simpler life in some senses. Um, one that's so much more expansive, that is a beautiful life to live, and that we're actually living it and not just being alive. So when we're able to, to see, you know, like, especially all of these last couple of years, people have become more aware of all of the things that are going on underneath the, the carpet, you know, like, it's like, okay, we know things, what are we doing with that? What are we doing for ourselves? What are we doing for the people around us? And, you know, for the collective. So one of the things I'm hearing from you is, especially in this chaotic time, people can either lapse into being living life on autopilot. So kind of that autopilot living, going through the motions day to day. And I, I feel like that's quite a 3D kind of way to live, you know, what's on your to-do list and, and things like that. Um, but the benefit maybe of living in a chaotic world is that we have to, if we choose to evolve, you know, or kind of live more with intention. So I guess it's an opportunity. Is it an opportunity for people either to just do what they're already doing and not think too deeply about it, or an opportunity to shift the way they show up, like you said, the way that we respond. Would that be a yes. good summary? Yes, definitely. And you know, when we're able to, to shift perspectives like this, it opens up so much depth in our experience, because it, it doesn't really, you know, like, 
what's going on doesn't change. What changes is our perspective, our experience of what that is. And therefore, we can navigate things from a very different place. Mm. And when we, you know, when we awaken to, to how we can do things differently, that is reclaiming our power. And that is the way that I see a lot of times how we can create the changes in the world, you know, like that saying, create, be the change that you want to see in the world. Like, well, it starts with us intending to change, to evolve and to be the next best version of ourselves possible. And that is possible for all of us, yet majority of people are really comfortable in their sleepwalking. Mm. Well, do you have anything actionable you can share with us, maybe from your conscious living program or you being you, or basically for people that like me and many other listeners that haven't done all the study that you've done? Are there any, I don't know, if like insights or, or strategies or something like that that you can share with us that can head us? more towards pur purposeful living or purposeful evolution um, that we can start living more with intention rather than just kind of going with the, um, going with the, the motions on autopilot. Yes, definitely. You know, I want to promise this by we're all different. The things that are going to support all of us are completely like different, but there are some uh, universal truth I'd like to say. And the first one is, create space to stop and be still that is key and 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 that is with purpose with intention not just you know like laying down on the couch and just scrolling to the phone being still like actually creating space to notice and and this is a no judgment space this is just noticing it, that noticing can even be noticing the thoughts and and the entire time you can be thinking that's perfectly okay it's about noticing. And then the other key thing is using the body because we are so used to living in our minds, using the body, however you want to do that. I do that with specific somatic practices that support me, but it can be going for a run, going for a walk, playing sports, you know, something that allows you to be more in your body, more present because the, the body lives in the present. Yes, it holds a lot of the trauma from the past, but it lives in the present. The head is the one that is making up all of the stories of the past, the future, potential, you know, like scenarios that could happen. And the third thing is questioning, asking yourself questions, not believing what you believe, not believing what you're saying asking yourself questions. So I'm going to use an example here um, that I that I started to use a long time ago. One of my teachers gave me this question. And that question was, anytime that I start judging someone to ask inside, who says that? Where is that coming from? Because I don't know that other person. I don't know what's going on in their lives. Why am I judging that? I started to do the same when I was driving. You know, as I mentioned earlier, that whenever someone was cutting me off, I would get completely like mad. And I started to ask myself, like, what's the emergency that they have? You know, perhaps they are going somewhere, they're going to the hospital. I, I don't know. Why am I defaulting to a negative one that these people aren't being kind to me? So by asking myself questions, I not only 
can stop my tendencies and my patterns of behaviors and my reactions, I can also create an opening for mm. something new, for a different perspective. You know, most of us haven't even asked ourselves, you know, what do we actually love? What do we value? What do we care for? How do we want to be today? Most people just wake up and, you know, as you said, like there's the to-do list. And, and that's important. We, we live in, in this world as well. We need to take care of things. How can we use questions to create an opening for something new? So creating spaces for stopping and stillness, coming back to the body and asking questions. For me, those are universal that we can all use whether this is the first time that we are going to explore anything intentionally or whether we have been doing this for years and years and years. So, so brilliant. And you make it sound so simple as well, <laughs> which is great because it is it is very doable to do that. And especially the asking the questions. For just a little bit of um, terminology for people, you talked about somatic practices that you do. Is that breathing? What do you mean by that? So somatic practices are practices that have to do with with the body, with actually as as the body holds our past. You know, not only from a DNA perspective, um, all of the in 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 a more energetic perspective, I would talk about uh, energy blockages, mm. or from a trauma and from perspective, I would talk about trauma. We hold whatever we weren't able to process; it is held in the body. The body has that memory. So when we're able to use somatic practices, which are moving the body in specific ways, that unlocks that stuck energy and that can release that pattern, that blockage, that trauma, so that the energy now is available for us. Because it is as if, you know, like if we have all of these parts that are blocked, we don't have access to the whole. So when we're able to unlock some of that, now that energy is available for us. That is part of our potential that we have as humans. And actually, one of my teachers used to say for me, and used to tell me, fall in love with wanting to find the blockages, you know, and going to them, because that's where your full potential lays. So, you know, when we're able to move the body, to work with it in ways that is going to support the energy flow and the release of stuck energy. And that means then processing what happens, then now we're available, we open once again on our potential. So for our listeners, what is resonating for you from this conversation so far about purposeful evolution? And if you care to share, you can send us a text, 2057, or email inbox at realitycheck.radio. We'd love to know which of these three practices that you're open to bringing into your daily, hopefully, maybe your weekly routine or living, creating space, to time to stop and be still and to notice. Or maybe it's the body. Maybe you're going to do something to release that stuck energy or possibly some more questioning. When you find yourself being triggered, just asking some questions, like Brian suggested, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. 
What else, Brian, what else can you share with us about this concept of purposeful evolution? One of the quotes that I love, and I don't know who said it, is it's not what we are given, it's what we do with what we are given. Mm -hmm. And I guess that can be the challenges in life or the opportunities in life. And I really, that really resonated for me. Um, But a lot of that can be around how we react, how we react to things. How else can we live with purpose and allow ourselves to be more of a conscious <laughs> human? Well, what, one of the things is as well, besides the moving from a human doing to a human being, which is what we are supposed to be, uh, and that is part of what I was sharing before, you know, creating more spaces to be in, then there's the other thing that is more of the external perspective. And this is where for me, yeah, this is the place, you know, as as below, so above, as within, so without. Whichever is the entryway for all of us, we can do something. And the way that we are living now is so disconnected from the impact that we're having that if we're able to put some of our awareness in there and ask ourselves the question of, you know, where are the things that we're purchasing coming from? Who's growing our food? You know, like what's inside of our food? Then what are we doing with uh, the resources that we are actually buying? How are we, you know, creating a system, at least in our own backyard, let's say, that enables circularity, which is the way that this universe and this planet works that we are not living that we are living in in a very linear model of extraction and then waste when we're able to also place our focus on that that has an impact as well on the inner world because if i start to be more aware as i was of suddenly going you know from eating mcdonald's and, and eating a lot of the things that were full of chemicals which i didn't know at that moment and i'm not judging myself for what i didn't know once I was able to realize, okay, this is how food is actually grown. This is what is going on then. Now, can I see if there's someone that actually is growing food organically, spray-free, that lives near me? Or can I actually do that in my garden? Can I grow some herbs? Can I grow some veggies? When we develop a much closer relationship with what we're putting into our bodies, then that has an impact on the way that we feel, on the way that we think, on the way that we are relating. Because again, that is the impact that we're having. By me changing one simple behavior, which is potentially going to a farmer's market, buying from the local grocer instead of going to the supermarket and not even knowing, you know, like what is that letter or that number as an ingredient, you know, like mm. the, when we're able to, to question those things and to choose if possible because not all of us have the possibility of doing that then that has an impact on the outer world and it has an impact on ourselves when we're able to see this connection of the inner and the outer and the actions that we can take they not they don't always need to be you know like super introspective or or really you know a, a meditative practice or a mindful practice they can definitely be also they can be super you know like 3d materialistic and it's like okay i'm just going to buy organic clothing instead of whatever that i don't know what it's made of most likely plastic mm. 
Mm. It's it's simple things that can change, and then that has a ripple effect because if more of us support those growers that are growing organically, that are living, you know, uh, that are paying living wages, or that are growing things in an ethical way then there's going to be more demand for that. Therefore, we start to create more ripple effects outside. And that as well, how it feels for each of us, living more aligned to the principles that we have, because at the end, we all want uh, a better life. You know, no one wants something else. We just live in this chaotic world that we don't even know most of the time what's going on. Therefore, what's under my control is my choices on how, in a sense, I'm voting with my dollars, mm. voting with, you know, like my purchases. And when we're able to do that, there we create change. So conscious consumerism around where we're putting, voting with our dollars, also enhanced awareness around what we're putting in and on our body. So you talked about the clothing we wear, which not only affects the, the, um, the clothing supply chain as such, you know, how it's made, but also affects our body in terms of the chemicals and the food. And I guess from what I've seen, some of the positive things that have come out of the crazy chaotic times are people developing things like co-ops for food, or I know the PHA, the People's Health Alliance has a farmer's market or food side of it where people can source more healthy options and do kind of bulk buying I mean, I guess it's like things are there. You just have to go looking for them. It's a little easy. I mean, for me, literally, it takes me 10 minutes to walk to Countdown. So for me, it's like, okay, Nat, honestly, where do you want to vote with your dollars? That's a good reminder for me. I do buy some things from the organic shop, which I do love. Um, so that that's, you know, I'm ready to dial that up and I'm ready to commit to that a little bit more. So thank you for that. But you know, not as well, this isn't about judging. This is about yeah. understanding our circumstances and understanding our possibilities. I know as an example that if I, I, I have 15 minutes from where I live walking, I have a farmer's market. Mm. So I know that if if I, on Sundays, can go there, then I buy everything for the week. That doesn't mean that I cannot go to Canton or to any supermarket to buy things because, you know, like if I need to, I do that. This is about as well being kind to ourselves and not judging both our previous experience in terms of our consuming uh, habits and as well what is going to make our lives easier because convenience is there for a reason and it takes so much for us to make a conscious decision not to go with convenience a lot of time and you know that goes back to privilege that goes back to location that goes back to what's around us mm -hmm. and the more of us that we can create change wonderful and also being kind that if we need to go to a supermarket and buy stuff and you know like all good <laughs> like this isn't about being perfect because there's no such a thing and being so sometimes um hardcore about something also has its downsides yeah i agree i absolutely <clears throat> i think it is about empowered choices and you know, I kind of celebrate like, go me, I went to the organic shop, but another time I might just pop to countdown because whatever, it's easier. Um, but we don't berate ourselves for for those things. And I think that's important as well. So 
it's a good thing to highlight. And it's not all or nothing. And I've said this for ages, you know, I'm a, I've been a big eco geek from, from back in the day with my secondhand shopping and we've had a compost, you know, bin since, I don't know, two th- the year 2000, you know, all those things. Um, but I don't believe that we're, it's all or nothing. We just, we do what feels re- align for us. And, um, but we don't, ideally we don't do shoulds and guilt, right? We don't do too much. Oh, I should do this. And I should do that. Um, so I'd love to hear from you listeners. What are some empowered choices that you're making in your life to be more of, as Brian says, a human being rather than a human doing. Uh, but there are certainly some things uh, that we can do if we do them with intention and we don't do them from a place of guilt. Brian, what else can you share with us today? Um, from what you've seen, I know you do a lot of work uh, with corporates as well and a lot of speaking and you do um, you know, all of these events, I think at the Life Center and, and in Ponsonby. What are some things that you see Kiwis kind of struggling with or seeking out more of and how can we kind of glean some gold from you on that today? Mm, yes, you know, some of the things that I have seen uh, in all of these years in that in those spaces is how people need a break in a sense, like how much they're going in this autopilot and there's a pressure that is put on most people, whether that is actual pressure or perceived pressure of doing things and going faster and going faster an understanding that you know they need to do 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 to be productive to be effective to get more whereas and i have seen this through the years working with with a lot of businesses when we're able to actually take the time to relax to restore to go back to a place of alignment or as much as possible Mm -hmm. to actually allow our nervous system to go into a place of restoration that is a natural thing for us, then we're actually able to be much more productive at work. So, you know, I think that a lot of people potentially saw this during all of the last few years as well, that, you know, you can work from home and still you can be productive depending on the type of job, of of course. You can actually work less hours and you can be productive. There's so many studies nowadays of, people working, you know, four four day weeks into five days uh, and how they not only are able to to achieve the same, they're able to do more. Because when we are actually rested and we take care of our well-being, we can show up much more. So, you know, one of the things that I I remember with, with one of the businesses that I was working that they actually didn't really know each other all of the people working in that office, they kind of knew each other, but just very superficially, but none of them felt comfortable enough if one day they were super stressed because something was happening at home or they didn't sleep well, they weren't leaning on each other. When you know, I was able to, to go there and create the spaces and to be able to, to share a lot of these things with them, then they started to become much more open and comfortable with each other as a team to rely on each other, to be able to support each other. And you know how wonderful it is that we can do that and how unfortunate it is that we don't feel that we can share, mm-hmm. that, that we need to keep that burden by ourselves. And, and that is the mentality as well that you know we're operating in this world of individualization. Everything is about us. 
instead of understanding the power of connection, the power of community, whether that is small community, big community, work community, when we're able to see that space and to be open and vulnerable and create spaces that, you know, if one day someone needs to go home or go for a walk or whatever, instead of working those two extra hours that they are not going to be present because their mind is elsewhere, then when the workplace allows that to happen, that person is going to be not only working better the days that they feel well, they are going to be much loyal to that company in terms of or to the or to their team. And then they are going to go above and beyond. That is what creates change. When we're able to see that, you know, even though we have this mentality, especially from a corporate position of, you know, more and more and more productivity and efficiency, we need to ask ourselves is what we're doing is actually the most productive, efficient thing that we're doing. That is going back to questioning. So when we're able to, to go to those spaces of creating slight changes, everything else can change. I feel like we are moving, we are shifting in the way that we do work. And I would like to hope that workplaces are also shifting. And I think you highlighted something so relevant, you know, productivity through connection. So it's like team connecting is almost what you facilitate rather than old school team building, which has a different energy. Um, Sometimes it almost requires someone different or new to come into the workplace to facilitate these activities or conversations on a deeper level that build that trust that allow people to say, hey, you know what? I'm really struggling today. Can anyone help me out? Because people, I think they want to help. They genuinely desire to be helpful and to help each other. And so sometimes asking for help is the hardest thing, but the best thing. Yes. And, and you know, like this is not only for workplaces, this is also for all of us that work for ourselves and not like you do this amazingly, like connecting people and, and being able to, to create places of collaboration. Mm-hmm. Because again, like, as you just said, like we don't have to do everything by ourselves and we are happy to support each other. Like we might not be the right person. We might not have the capacity to help everyone, but you know, when we're able to, to create those spaces, it feels so good for us to be able to be there for one another. And that is part of, you know, like, again, changing the way that we're living, going from individualization to community, to connection, mm-hmm. to collaboration, to cooperation. That is, again, the way that we're changing the world. And when we're able to see that, you know, like, little by little, corporate and businesses are opening a little bit. Like, not every business that I have talked to it's as open uh, as I would like to in terms of being able to to share these things with their employees. But there's enough that that they do that when people come, you know, like to to uh, to the life center, as you said, like and to see them there and to allow for a moment of connection, reset, restoration, relaxation, however they need that experience. It creates such a difference, and that is why, like for years, I've been doing the sound healing or sound bath every Sunday evening, because it's a great way to allow people, you know, that need to start working on Monday to have a space that it's like, okay, I'm going to fully restore myself to relax so that then they can go in the morning to work. This is the things that I think that are part of the shifting of the paradigm for ourselves. And then this creates the shift on the outer world. 
And some people might not have heard of sound bath or sound healing, is it? But um, all these practices out there, they can really help us to, like you said, to kind of just recuperate and re recover so that we can be our best self come, hopefully, come Monday morning. Brian, I'm going to ask you the four questions I ask all my guests. The first one is upping your brave. What is one thing you've done in the last year where you've truly upped your brave? Yes. So one of the things that I've done this year is I actually decided to finally invest in hiring someone uh, to do a complete rebrand and strategy of my business because I realized that is not my forte, that <laughs> is not where I wanted to place my, my time and energy. So it was a, a big commitment, you know, like to, to do that. And we'll see in the next couple of months how all of that. The big reveal. Actually, yes. <laughs> how it's like, actually, okay, new branding, new strategies, new ways. Um, but yeah, it has been really a really wonderful journey as well, you know, like to, to work with someone, uh, and for them to, to not only bring their own perspective, but to, facilitate more understandings and more direction of my own business. It's so important. And it's like most of us, you know, we're in business. We just want the customers to come and knock on the door so we can serve them. But, you know, we have to put ourselves out there. And so sometimes getting someone else to help you with that, especially when it's not maybe your area of expertise um, or your area of joy, that's awesome. So that is upping your brave. Good on you. Thank you. <laughs> and we look forward to seeing the social medias and the website. Um, what about the bucket list? Do you have anything that you would love to do, be, or experience in your lifetime that we can possibly help you with? I would love, like, and this is part of, like, all of the, the journey that I've been doing with that. Like, one of the things that I, I would love to to do is to be able to to share on, in a sense, a bigger platform as a, you know, like, one of those big conferences around the world that people like Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton uh, are talking at, like that is in my bucket list. Like this is where like I am heading towards. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely there. <laughs> okay. Well, I just interviewed someone on super manifesting that's coming out next week. And so she would say you have the ideas that you got to see yourself there. You know, I am standing beside Bruce Lipton. I am, you know, talking beside Joe Dispenza, etc. So it's like you not so much the mantra of I am, but yes. really seeing it as a present thing rather than I would love to in the future. Um, that's one of the tips I took from her interview, but I can definitely see that happening. So if anyone has connections in that area for some sort of big impactful event um, that Brian can be part of, then get in touch. Yes. How do they get in touch with you, Brian? Where can they find you um, at the moment on Instagram or Facebook or a website? Yes, through my name, Brian Burnman, uh, whether that it's website, brianburnman.com, on Instagram, on Facebook, or through Conscious Action, that's consciousaction.co.nz or Conscious Action NZ on Instagram, uh, Facebook, or YouTube. Uh, following the Conscious Action podcast as well. Uh, we have over, over 150 episodes uh, there on all of the platforms and on YouTube as well. Uh, and so, you know, that's part of the, the way of reaching out to me. <laughs> Amazing. So if you guys didn't catch that, the Conscious Action is also a podcast. You can check it out. Is it on Spotify or Apple? Yes, yeah, yeah, it's in all of the podcast platforms as well as on YouTube if people are more interested Amazing. in actually watching. <laughs> 
All right. So go ahead and follow Brian. You can give him some love on YouTube and the podcast, which is amazing. And you can follow Brian. Uh, go to his website. I'm going to spell it for you. Brian, B-R-I-A-N, Bernie Man, B-E-R-N-E-M-A-N. Yes? Yes. Perfect. Dot com. <laughs> Check it out. I will put all of those links, as I always do or aim to do, um, on the replay page. We have a replay page for every single guest that I interview. So if you guys are wanting to re-listen or to go and share, which would be most appreciated, you can do that through the app or you just simply go to our website, which is realitycheck.radio. Click on replays, click on Up Your Brave Show, scroll to the very bottom and you'll see all the images. You just look for Brian's face. He's a man with a bun and glasses. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, Brian, what I didn't ask you was what is coming up for you in the next six months? What's coming up is a lot of really exciting things besides what I'm going to reveal like next year uh, through all of the new rebranding strategy. Uh, there's a lot of really cool events that I'm doing at the Life Center. Um, there's a lot of sound bath family constellations, which we didn't talk too much today. Um, that is a lot about healing what came before us in terms of our ancestors. Uh, there's a lot of um, online courses that are on the making now. Um, and as well, for those that speak in Spanish, I was hired by the number one well-being app in Spanish language wow. to be one of their teachers. Uh, so my content is going to be there starting, I think, that in February. So for anybody that speaks Spanish, I'm going to be one of the teachers on an app that is called Puramente, that is pure mind. Uh, so that is, that's something that is really exciting uh, about work. And I have an amazing trip coming up. Uh, so I'm going to go visit my family, going to Spain and the US. So a lot of exciting things. <laughs> How long is that trip that you're going to Spain in the US? How long is that? Uh, it's two months. And yeah, I'm going to visit my family, I'm going to get to to be able to do some some work and sharing all of this love with, with the people around that side of the planet. <laughs> oh, that's going to be so amazing. Spreading your wisdom and also the people that you connect with. I'm sure you'll um, learn so many amazing things on your journey as well. Definitely. <laughs> Brian, before we wrap things up, is there anything else you'd love to share with our audience today? Yeah, so what's what's coming up now uh, is to be able to share with everyone that, you know, any single moment we can create change, we can do the things that we want. And it is about creating space. It's about knowing that we have the power. So reclaim that power and be able to live that life from that space and not from a victim space. Such a good reminder. Thank you so much, uh, Brian, for sharing your knowledge today. Thank you, Nat. And thank you, everyone, as well, for listening. Amazing. And I was going to say that. You said it for me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio.